Any exciting plans the rest of your day? Um, grocery shopping. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, counts. same. Yeah, I'm it's, gonna get uh, dressed up for that. <laughs> it is an occasion now. You gotta. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's a little the- bit like it's so dumb. It's so shallow of me, but because it's like one of the few times every couple of weeks that I'm actually out in public, I'll like make sure I have a good fit on. <laughs> Oh, 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 boy. Uh, if if I don't have, like, a four-layer outfit, I'm talking hat, top, boots, and jeans. Oh, no, it is Absolutely. not. We're not having a good day if I'm not <laughs> dressed well. Hi, I'm Brad. Where are you calling from? L.A. in my new apartment, which is freaking crazy. I'm calling from Chile. I'm calling from Gainesville, Florida. And wherever you are, welcome to Blonde Radio. Hi, I'm Brad. I live on the west coast of Canada. The smoke is starting to clear, the leaves are beginning to turn color, and I couldn't be happier about it. And welcome to Blonde Radio, where every week I book calls with strangers from around the world. Today we'll talk to Liza Gray, who's using videos to capture her life, Sun, an artist from Chile, who's found a new audience, and Omar, a student who's drawn to teaching. But first, this week at Blonde Radio on Instagram, I gave you a prompt. How do you stay positive? especially in 2020. Here's what you had to say. Hey, I'm Dylan. I'm calling from Syracuse, New York. I stay positive by just trying to focus on the smaller things in my life that make me feel nice. Yeah, there's a pandemic going on and everything, but like today I got to pet my dog or like today I got to eat one of my favorite foods. Hi, my name is Izumian calling from France and I stay positive by thinking about my life, my family and my friends because I just love them. Hi, my name is Petra Lord and I am from Victoria, BC. The ways that I stay positive during quarantine are by staying close with friends virtually or seeing them with distance. I do the things that make me happy, the simple things like playing with my dogs or playing with my cats. Think about the little things that truly make me happy in life and that's how I stay positive during quarantine. Hey Brad, this is Xander from a suburb of Chicago, Illinois, and I stay positive by journaling my everyday life about the people I talk to, how I'm feeling, the good, the bad times, and just letting myself out onto those pages. It reminds me however weird and cringy it might be, there's always something every day that can make me smile. You just gotta find it. I'm Asa, calling from the United States, and one way I stay positive is by making sure that I try and take time out of my day to connect with my friends, whether that just be talking to them or playing games with them online. Uh, And it especially makes me happy when I suss Brad out in Among Us and get it right. Thanks to everyone for submitting their responses, and we'll hear more answers throughout today's show. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. I'm I'm Liza. It's wonderful to meet you. <laughs> awesome. Where are you calling from? LA in my new apartment, which is freaking crazy. Yes, which is very exciting. You recently had this huge trip. Yeah. Which I will love to talk about in just a moment. I guess kind of just off the bat, Liza Gray, synonymous uh, skateboard extraordinaire, skate shop uh, persona, now changing it up, living her best life. Give me like the elevator pitch on you to people that may not be super familiar with you and what you do. 
Oh God, that's terrifying. It, I've like <laughs> never been good at elevator pitches because I can't like maintain a singular thought at all. So I guess like my thing is that I don't have like a thing. I kind of just do everything that I feel like I want to. And, you know, it doesn't really matter how good I am at it. It's more about just enjoying life and figuring out like what sticks with me and running with that for as long as I can. So, oh yeah. And when did video making start for you? I, I know you've been making videos here on TikTok for um, almost a year now. Yeah, almost a year. Yeah. Um, I started making videos when I was about 15. Um, mm-hmm. I was like going through it mentally and just, you know, junior year of high school was a lot yeah. as it is for everyone. And um, I had watched a lot of Casey Neistat and I was like, I kind of want to make videos. So I like took this camera that I got when I was like 10 years old and just made mm-hmm. this like stupid little video after like getting out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first video ever and my best friend told me to like keep going with it and because of him like I've just always kind of kept it up with stupid little like one minute videos and then TikTok came along and I was like all right cool I guess I'll just post here instead of my Instagram story so it's been about you know like five years of (laughs) making dumb little videos (laughs) hell yeah yeah that's great that this platform came along that feels like it fit your niche super well uh, exactly yeah also love to hear uh, other people inspired by casey i also he was an idol to me i made the glasses i wore them a lot it was very dorky oh my god that's amazing yeah <laughs> and what i really appreciate about your videos is like just how like raw and unfiltered it's just you you just put you out there have you always been so open in your life even like in your early videos you're talking about your chaotic schedules your meds your general shenanigans do you find yourself a pretty open person Yeah, I think it's kind of just that it's hard to avoid like the chaos that my life is. So I think it would be a lot more effort for me to try to be closed off. I mean, it's going to come out at some point. So I might as well just like throw it out there right off the bat and be like, hey, I'm a disaster. But like, it's a fun time and I make it work. So like, let's just run with that. But yeah, I guess even like when I meet people right off the bat, I'm pretty much just like, hey, this is me. Deal with it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Not like a, oh, I'm a quirky and different. (laughs) Like, I'm not like other girls. But it's really just that it's too much effort to try to like hold back. So I'm just like, all right, here you go. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's super chill. And this, got to talk about this big move. I've been following this, your documented trip across, God, the, the shit you got into. I mean, like, when I saw the gun, I was like, holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much just packed up all my stuff in my mom's car that I bought off of her. And I've been wanting to make the move for, you know, since high school, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it was just the right time for me. So I went for it and I got a lot of pushback from my parents, but for the most part, they ended up being supportive. I think the craziest part was definitely, you know, getting a little bit stranded in the wilderness Mm -hmm. with three hunters that I had never met before and being taught how to shoot a gun, eating deer heart and like all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, otherwise it was pretty normal. Um, Then there was the $40 motel that I had to leave because it was disgusting. That was shocking to witness. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was. I'm the kind of person where it's like I can put up with a lot of shit Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, yeah, like, this isn't that bad. Like, like, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty or, you know, I guess the rest of my body in a disgusting bed (laughs) in a motel. But Mm -hmm. that was just too much for me. And I was like, I can't do this. So I'll definitely tough it out as long as I can. But I do have my limits at some point. Um, But I'm just happy to be here. And like moving in was great. So it's it's been good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Great to hear. And um, 
from your videos, I would say you're no stranger to impulse from these crazy road trips, exploring new places, uh, trips to the ER. Are you a natural risk taker or is that something that came to fruition at some point in your life? I don't know. I think it's kind of a little bit of both. I wouldn't say I'm so much of a natural risk taker because like I, I mean, even with skateboarding, this shows a lot like I'm scared to commit to things that are like you know a little bit scary or I'll hold back a little bit but the second that like my impulses get the best of me I just go for it or (laughs) if anyone is like oh you won't I'm like oh fuck yeah I will and I just like you know do it yeah I mean I grew up with two older brothers my dad was navy seal so I guess that definitely had a little bit of a influence on my whole like risk-taking mentality Mm -hmm. um but yeah it just makes life more interesting you know not knowing what's around the next corner and going for it anyway is it's fun so a little bit of adrenaline oh that's great to hear and initially what was part of your persona i think people still attach you a bit is as you're speaking to that the the skateboarding element and like i want to call it out but i think you a little bit struck gold because as quarantine hit, everyone picked up skateboarding. You're already in this niche. You're, you're thriving in it. What was that like? Um, well, for one thing, with everyone picking up skateboarding during quarantine, like I definitely saw the front end of that because mm-hmm. like right when quarantine hit two weeks in, I stumbled upon this skate shop because I was just trying to buy like some stuff for myself after breaking my board. Mm-hmm. and started working there because it was crazy and literally like nationwide just everyone sold out of everything because everyone's just buying skateboards and stuff but I don't know I guess it was interesting because people you know see me skateboarding they want to get into it and they're asking me about it and I'm like this is my second day out here like <laughs> I don't really know so it's it's interesting to be seen as like someone who can offer skating advice when I'm also a person that's like looking to my friends who skate and people who skate in general being like tell me what to do or like I don't know what the hell I'm doing and mm-hmm. um I feel like everything has just been like a shot in the dark with me for like skating I'm like all right I'm just gonna teach myself and make it work and luckily I've been able to meet some friends who have given me like some guidance and stuff but I think generally in the skating community like you can ask for help as much as you need to and like try to seek out people who know what they're doing but so much of it ends up being like self-taught so for me to be someone like giving people skating advice I'm like I don't even know what I'm doing (laughs) so because I don't I don't really see myself as a skater I can do like four tricks and I'm just like people will see me on the free page and be like oh like you're the girl like you're the skating tiktoker I'm like I'm the I'm the what (laughs) I don't really know what I'm doing at all but okay like fine yeah sure so uh, it's weird faking it till she makes it which is yeah, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> awesome well liza i want to thank you again for taking time every day to speak with me um yeah for sure thank you so much absolutely in closing i was wondering and you initially spoke to this right off the bat so it's super cool to bring it all back living life fully to the best of your ability is never seemed out of place for you what mm-hmm. advice could you give to someone who wants to get the most of life that they can oh god That's a hard one. I don't know. I don't think I was living my life to the best of my abilities until I got really depressed and realized that if I'm going to be sad, I might as well just like embrace every aspect of who I am and like pursue that to the best of my abilities Mm. so that I can at least try to be happy in whatever way I can because it's just not worth it for me to like sit around like doing what other people want me to do and just feeling like shit all the time Mm -hmm. and the best thing I've ever done for myself is just like figuring out like okay what do I like to do saying fuck it and going for it that's what led me to I guess living my life to the fullest more so than actually seeking out that whole like 
extravagant, like fucking adventurous lifestyle. It's just like being me, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that first step of like, you took sort of into account like what you had at hand and then you went from there. It's like a lot yeah. of knowing yourself, first of all. Exactly. That's super chill. Thank you, Liza. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Liza, right. thank you so much. Yeah, it's been so good talking to you. Thank you. Definitely be in touch. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one, dude. Ciao. Bye. Hi, my name is Clarisse and I'm calling from France. I stay positive by staying in my bubble. That doesn't prevent me from questioning myself and informing myself about the outside. But most of the time, getting away from people and from this daily life, which is super fast, helps me to concentrate on the essential and to say to myself, okay, I can do it, I can hold on. Hi, it's Alex calling from St. Louis, Missouri. And one way I stay positive is by telling myself that things always change and get better with time and keeping myself distracted until they do. Hello. Hi, Brad. How are you? (laughs) Doing well yourself? I'm okay. I'm kind of tired, but I'm pretty fine. Oh, yeah. I'm Brad, as you know. Nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I already knew your name, but yeah. Hi, Brad. I'm Sun. Sun? Yeah, I mean, my real name is Sol, Mm -hmm. which in Spanish means Sun. Mm -hmm. I better just tell that my name is Sun. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cool. I like that. (laughs) And where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chile. Chile. It's in South America. Yeah. It's a long, skinny country. Very cool. Uh, Sun, so great to speak Mm -hmm. with you. I think just off the bat, give me sort of the pitch on you. Who are you? What got you to where you are today? Uh, For people that may not be super familiar with your work. Okay, I I will try to be um, uh, short. (laughs) (laughs) I usually speak a lot. So, yeah, I'm San. I'm a freelance comic illustrator Mm -hmm. from Chile. I have been drawing my whole life. Mm-hmm. I knew since I was a child that I wanted to be an illustrator. So this is kind of my whole life. Drawing is my whole life. I just know how to communicate with image. It's mm-hmm. really hard for me if I don't have like a way to show people an image. I mean, that's just the way I know how to speak to people. Mm-hmm. I have an Instagram, San Morales. I made Spanish comics. Uh, recently, I got like a major audience. I, I It happened like a week or two ago. Yeah. I made a comic about um, our health system here in Chile, mm-hmm. and it kind of blew up. It went viral, and I got a huge audience now, and I don't know <laughs> what to do with it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's huge for me. Right. It was kind of my goal for this year, so I'm happy with it. It's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Glad you could hit your goal. Yeah, it felt uh, really nice. And as you're speaking to, so you've just known your whole life, like since you were essentially conscious, or when did you, were you initially like drawn to art and illustrations as a child? Or My father is a musician, and mm-hmm. he always has been like kind of an artist. So I watch him draw and make music and use his hands, Mm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think that was it. Also, I won an art contest when I was like very, very little. (laughs) Of course, it it was hideous. Uh, (laughs) But I think maybe that's what um, triggered it. Oh, absolutely. um, Yeah. (laughs) But I remember that, that drawing, it wasn't good. I promise it wasn't good. (laughs) Well, 
at least it got you to where you are today. So that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, um, it's cool. And that's so interesting that you've experienced this growth over um, sort of, I'm guessing, was it sort of like a critique of the health system? It was a bittersweet emotion for mm -hmm. me. Uh, for one part, I was pretty excited about all these new followers and people uh, on my DMs talking to me like I lived through the same thing. And it was bittersweet because the other part was a lot of people have died yeah. on our health system. Right. A lot of people die waiting for a health, uh, I don't know how to say it, like Medicare. Mm -hmm. People wait years for operations they need in like days. I mean, if you have, for example, uh, appendicitis, mm -hmm. you can be waiting months for an operation. Right. It's extreme, the situation we have here. So a lot of people have lived through that and it's awful. It's yeah. awful that so many people have lived through that failure of the system. That's that's very yeah. upsetting. Mm. Um, mm, yeah. And in your initial message you sent me, you sort of outlined how sort of like the history of your country, how yeah. people don't seem to remember. Is that what what obstacles do you find that presents for you? Well, Chile is not a place, a good place to start as an artist. We don't have like an industry. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's uh, with the new generations of artists, like it is growing right now, but I don't see it like an explosion of artists like in five years or, or more. It's hard. Also, the first thing you hear when you say you're going to be an artist is that you're going to start to death. Mm. Start like from not eating because you're going to be poor. Yeah, that's the first thing like that teachers say to you. Mm -hmm. Usually teachers or parents. I, I, I'm lucky that my parents have been supportive of mm -hmm. me all this time and not everyone have that luck yeah it's kind of hard but i'm going i'm making myself pretty good in this uh moment right now i, I can self, uh, defend myself yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> i can say yeah i can say i'm a freelance illustrator not everyone can say that and i'm True. lucky for it yeah that's so great and uh, mm. sure some level of luck but then also you've been working so hard to get here yeah, it's a lot of work. I have working since I was 14, approximately. Wow. Yeah, I started sell, selling my drawers uh, on fair. And adults were super mean to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what is this? It, this is ugly. And I had to work through that. But at least it got me here, you know? Totally. And you spoke to, now you have this audience and you have a platform to engage with them and speak with them. Do you feel like yeah. you have suddenly like a lot more responsibilities or is it kind of business as usual? Yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube drama. <laughs> <laughs> and they always talk about accountability. And that is something that stuck with me. Now I have a responsibility Mm -hmm. To not be a bad person, I think. <laughs> like, not naturalize that kind of behavior with a mm -hmm. uh, young audience, I think. Like, they don't see me being, I don't know how to say it, like, uh, mean to other people. Oh, I hope they don't see that in me so they won't replicate it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And also, I, I kind of feel like uh, I represent a lot of people, a lot of people of my generation. And on my Instagram, 
stats where you can see who follows you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people around my age follows me, so I feel really connected to my audience. Um, they DM me a lot. We talk a lot, and I have a really supporting community. So I'm really happy for that. That's They're, so cool. Yeah, they are important in my life. Mm-hmm. Life. Uh, I feel uh, happy. I don't know how what else to say. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find yourself kind of being stretched thin at times now that there's, you know, all these other uh, sources of engagement around you? Um, yeah, I mean, I I was hoping I could, I don't know, like hire someone to respond my, my DM. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I mean, I have I my audience is big, but it's not that big. So I take my time to answer every DM, every person that comments, I give them like mm. to every comment. Yeah. Uh, at least at the moment, I'm answering to uh, everyone, mm. but maybe in the future, I won't be able to do that. So um, I don't know what, what the future holds to me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. And also, I've been watching your TikToks from the <laughs> beginning. Oh, wow. Uh, I have seen that growth and I'm so happy for you. I really you. am. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been an insane journey. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Son, I want to thank you for taking time every day to speak with me. But I was wondering in closing, what advice mm-hmm. could you give to someone who's struggling to find a place for their voice? It feels like even though growing up for you and maybe a a country and culture that doesn't necessarily put the arts forward as maybe it would in other places, you still persisted and found that space for your voice. What could you recommend to someone? I would say don't wait for things to happen to you. Make them happen. Mm. I wouldn't be here if I have stayed where I was. Mm. Like I had friends and family telling me to move myself, like, uh, go to this fair or go to this uh, event, do this and do that. And I was lucky enough to have that people around me. Right. But maybe there's people that don't, and this message is for them. Mm-hmm. Move yourself. You got to move yourself if you want to accomplish something, you know? It's hard. I know it's hard, but the rewards are incredible. You're going to feel so great. I promise. <laughs> Totally. That's very beautiful. Thank to you, Brad. Of course. Thank you so much again for speaking your story in your in your words. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. I'm sorry. I wish you a, a lovely rest of the day. And you too, Brad. Have a nice day too. Of course. I'll talk to you later. Ciao. Okay. Bye. Hi, this is Jacob from Honolulu, Hawaii. And something that keeps me positive is just looking forward to all the little things like the next smoothie I'm about to get or the next time I get to play with all my friends. Hi, uh, my name is Zaveth. I'm from Algeria, Northern Africa. I realized that I think negatively most of the time and I actually had to train my mind to think in a positive way. One thing that my dad has told me, everything in the universe works in your favor with the bad and the good. In order to stay positive, I always try to remember that. That's when I can focus on the good that's when I can change it from being negative into positive and uh, yeah that's how I stay positive thank you
Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. How you been? <laughs> Doing good. Omar, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Gainesville, Florida. Hell yeah. Okay. At one point, I thought you. I saw you were in Atlanta. And then also yes. like on your Instagram, I see you're all over. Sometimes you're in New York, LA. What's up? Um, yeah. So I love traveling. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Part of me wants to really get a flexible job, which is why I'm working hard in school right now. Hopefully get something that allows me to travel the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> totally. I guess off the bat, tell me the, the story of Omar, uh, who you are, what got you to where you are today. So I was born in Jordan. My mother's Palestinian. My dad's Jordanian. I lived there for 10 years. Uh, and then I moved to Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. I lived oh, there wow. for five years. That was an experience. Mm-hmm. It was a weirdly unique experience. I mean, part of the stereotypes about it are true. Right. However, I think there's a lot of things that people don't explore or people don't get into when talking about a country like or a city like Dubai or a country like the UAE. Um, exploitation of labor, hard work hours, some of the censorship of media that goes on there. Uh, also, you know, how it's a monarchy. And then I moved to Georgia when I was 15. And I finished my high school there, and mm-hmm. now I go to school in Florida, and I love it. <laughs> awesome. And what are you pursuing in school? Computer science. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a STEM major, even though <laughs> I don't give that off. I love math. Mm-hmm. I'm a math nerd. Well, my favorite thing to do in school was calculus. <laughs> um, and honestly, makes sense moving forward. Like, uh, it's just gonna be so versatile, and I feel like there's new jobs in that field opening up every day. Oh, for sure. Not to mention that it runs in the blood. Both of my parents are computer science majors. My mom ended up going in finance, but both of them studied computer science. So I'm like, hey, (laughs) Uh, I do want to teach, though. That is my life's passion. I do want to teach. That'd be amazing. Yeah, there's something about, I don't know if if this rings true for you, but just like I had some really foundational and impactful teachers in my life that really shaped who I am today, like more so than maybe any other outside force. And just like to pass that on to someone else, if you I could it, be that positive impact, that'd be amazing. That is the most fundamental reason why I want to be <laughs> like, so my original plan was like, okay, let me be a high school teacher. Then I kind of looked at that and I went, okay, let's look at this. Number one, the gap between a high school teacher and a high school student is just so far in terms of like, the level of respect and sort of what the kid is used to mm-hmm. and what the kid's not used to. So, for example, a kid goes into high school, the teacher's there, he or she is an authority that must be respected, consent to use the bathroom or go fetch water. Like, very, like, those are relatively basic things that you don't think you would need consent for. Right. Yet in school, they enforce that on you. Another reason for not being a high school teacher would be the job stability, especially in the South. Mm. You look at these teachers, they're signing annual contracts on, and they're getting paid peanuts in a jar. And so I was like, okay, fine. How about we full send it and get a PhD and I'll just teach undergrad calculus. Number one, the thing about being a professor, usually when you get undergraduates, you get like these fresh new faces. You get fresh new, especially freshmen. Oh God, freshmen are going to be so fun to teach <laughs> because they're like these, they're clueless. Mm-hmm. They're just completely clueless. They have been wiped clean of all the programming that has been done over the past four years because this is college. It's a different ballgame mm-hmm. is what everyone tells them. So you go into that and you introduce this welcoming environment where they can reach out to you and where the teacher suddenly feels like an actual human being. That gap of like, hey, I'm an authority is bridged or at least the feeling of it. Because, of course, a professor has more accreditation. They're teaching something. They're researching something. There's a privilege and esteem that comes with that in the academic world. However, face-to-face interaction, you simplify that and it becomes a lot more human. You you know, reaching that human connection and sort of, again, passing on that knowledge, seeing how their brain starts working and making sense of those things, whether it be academic or not. Whether they learn, oh, wait, so this is how you treat a college class. Or whether it be just conversation with a student, 
I, you know, I'm just here to talk to you about this really cool thing that you guys might find cool too. Mm. And I like what you're speaking to as far as like, um, like these values of face-to-face interaction, community, engaging. But now we're living through a time where a lot of that is kind of uh, on pause for the moment. Has that taken a toll? Interestingly enough, I it, those these four months have been very um, fundamental to me. Like, mm-hmm. the, like from from March to August, about end of March to the middle of August before I move back, I keep doing this. And it's an exercise that sometimes I use with my friends when they're feeling a little down on themselves. I tell them, look at yourself four months ago, mm-hmm. then rewind eight months, and then rewind another four months, and that's a whole year. And now look at the change that's occurred in four months and extrapolate that over the whole year. It's like, wow, you're a completely different person. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize myself four months ago. Just sort of um, my feelings towards people, my feelings towards um, you know, like how people interact, the way people shape you in your life. It's just my whole perception of that has sort of changed in these past four months. And I think that it had the exact opposite impact of what I'd expected to. Interesting. Which bloom, like, blows my mind. It, it, to this day, it does. What would you say is like the biggest thing you learned in those four months? Composure. Mm. So I'm very much a person that wears their heart on their sleeve. If mm-hmm. something is wrong, I it will be super visible. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you have to sometimes just drift back from a situation, look at yourself, and go, maybe I don't want the, these people knowing everything about me, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe I don't want to show certain things because I might hurt other people. And you start thinking of the of, of you know the people you surround, the people you care about, the people that you think care about you. You realize that. I could do more for these people by sort of playing my cards right. I have been prone to this. I know a lot of people that are prone to this. One of the things that are that really um, it's it's almost heartbreaking. They turn their friends into therapists, yeah. and it, you know, it's like you go to your friend for a daily consultation. And I used to be that way at one point. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna shy for that from that. But it really pushes away the people that you love because at a certain point they go, "Well, I have other things to do." Yeah. And then from your point of view, you feel like you're being abandoned. It's like, why aren't you helping me? When in reality, they, just, they have their own lives. They're their own individuals. And having that composure to sort of withdraw your emotions and sort of like when to bring them, not in a sort of unhealthy way, but sort of like, who do I talk to? Who do I know will best coach me through this? Mm, Instead exactly. of going to a single person over a consistent basis of time. And that's phenomenal to me. It, the ability to um, know how you are coached and to, to go seek that. I love that it's- so much. I saw a really good quote recently kind of relating to that. It's like diversify the people you engage with. It's really unfair to expect like one person to understand all of you. And it's like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I was just kind of putting all my eggs in one basket, maybe. So let's um, kind of broaden the horizons a bit. Absolutely. And you can it's, it's bittersweet because you look at these concepts that I feel like have been internalized in us for so long, whether it be through media or through people around in our lives, you know, the one true love, the best friend, mm-hmm. you know, that go to person. That number one, they're on top of the tier list every single time. And, and it, I feel like that's just unrealistic. And uh, it, for most, at least, I feel like, you know, my parents have found that. I feel like a lot of couples find that sometimes. But mm-hmm. it's unrealistic, especially at such a young age to find that because you're looking for, you know, how the human brain doesn't sort of completely develop until it's 25 and starts mm-hmm. decaying by 27. I turned 19 in two days. <laughs> Most of us are 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. Do you really expect people our age to, to handle all of that as fully functioning members of society, adults? Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. It, it is bittersweet. However, when you diverse, and that's the bitter part of it. However, the sweet part of it is you expand your circle. You, you, share, you, you form bonds. You use these experiences to form bonds with people. And, you know, these things bring you closer because if someone sort of understands one particular side of you, they're more than likely to empathize with them. Like, oh, I have this shared experience. Here's what I did. Or let's go through this together. And it becomes a a bonding moment. 
for both of you. And Absolutely. You, yeah, deeper connections all around. 100%. Thank you. Omar, I yeah. want to thank you again for taking time out of your day. Speak with me. Oh, this is a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> boy, I could do this all day. Hell yeah. Um, in closing, I was wondering, what advice could you give to someone who's struggling to see that value in themselves? <laughs> I'm going to, okay. <laughs> First of all, put yourself out there. Fall in love. Do something <laughs> stupid. Hang oh, around bad company. Make mistakes. Like, I have been through three heartbreaks in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Each one was worse than the other. Like, it was bad. <laughs> it was horrific. Do stupid things. Make mistakes. But do them all in, you know, in the spirit of self-improvement. Always have your mind forward. If something comes to mind and it seems decently responsible, i.e. don't do drugs for the love of God, um, (laughs) (laughs) go for it. Shoot for it. Do Mm -hmm. something ambitious. Do something stupid. Put yourself out of your comfort zone, even in the state that you are in, as hard as that seems. Because you will find those things when you're least looking for them. It's kind of like you will slowly realize these things about you as you go through things in life. Then you, you, you've been going through this thing for like the past two or three months. Then you're going to take a break and mm-hmm. you go, wow, that was a lot. And then you start unraveling. Okay, how did I really feel about these things? How did I feel over the last two to three months? What can I do to change that? And, you know, doing things for an extended period of time, then taking a break, throwing yourself into random situations. And once those situations are over, reflecting upon that, that's how you sort of find that. So put yourself out there. Make mistakes because that is a okay. Because I imagine most of your base is somewhere around 15 to 25. We can make mistakes, <laughs> especially if you're like 15. Please make mistakes by all means. Mess up. Like- Absolutely. In retrospect, like my sort of time in, in high school and middle school, all that, I, I grew up in a pretty fundamentally uh, Christian and pretty bubbled, sheltered yes. household. And that's like, you know, there's certain things that are outside of your control, but that's something a little bit I look yeah. back on and wish I took more risks and did as you're speaking to not necessarily inherently dumb things, but things that have that greater potential for failure, but also greater potential for success. Take a risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a calculated one, but, or, you know, and you can be bad at the math, but our calculated oh, for risk. Sure. <laughs> I love that, Omar. Thank you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Seriously. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, again, Omar, thank you so much for speaking your your story and your words. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. I'll be in touch. Wish you a lovely rest of the day. All right. You as well. Take care. Ciao. Special thanks to Liza, Sun, and Omar, as well as everyone who submitted an answer to the prompt. Intro music provided by Wafi. That's W-A-Y-F-I-E. And accompanying tracks by Low Boil, that's L-O-B-O-I-L, who can both be found on all major streaming platforms. I'll see you soon, and thanks for tuning in to Blonde Radio.